the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and welcome to the Marketing Forward Movement where we're finally making healthcare all about consumers and innovation. If you want to be a part of it, this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you're going to be one of the ones leading meaningful change. We have no choice but to move forward, and we need your help to evolve, accelerate, and shift the way that healthcare is experienced. One resource we provide to help you become an agent of change is the Shift.Health Content Network. Folks, Shift.Health is an influential thought leadership platform that currently includes 25 podcasts and video series. These are the programs that are shaping the future healthcare experience. Our latest video chat series is called The Resilience Journey, and it was created for everyone who's struggling with an unexpected job change, a derailed career plan, or unfulfilling work. Join me as I uncover the unexpected moments in the career journeys of admirable leaders by digging into the moments in their careers that we don't often hear about. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to shift.health to see our member podcasts and video series. Everything is free and on demand. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about what season four will bring us. Then we've got Deborah Jasper in the house to chat about how to stand out in our communications in this virtual world. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. As I look back on season three, it's worth highlighting some of the ideas and actions that we have discussed. The theme of season three has been how marketers can take the lead in transforming the healthcare experience. And our guests have made some great insights and given us some great challenges. Episode 118, for instance, was titled Creating Space for Innovation. And Don Lee shared that in order to create that space, we have to give people what they want so we can eventually give them what they need. Episode 123 was titled Hit the Gas or Hit the Dust. And Carrie Lichen helped us rethink the future. She shared how to accelerate the new healthcare experience. She talked about how unlikely it is that we'll ever go back to BC before COVID and why we should devote our energy to being data czars, not data dinosaurs. And most recently, episode 124 was titled Step Up and Seize the Moment. Chris Bevelo was our guest and he discussed how right now appears to be a catalyzing moment to accelerate transformation and use that space to lead the monumental shift from reactive to proactive. We learned how to reimagine business models, team structures, and marketing relationships. I encourage you, if you haven't checked out the rest of season three, go check it out now. It starts with episode 103 all the way back in March, which seems like a lifetime ago. Season four starts next week, and it will mark a turning point as we dive deeper into two areas with great impact on our ability to lead the transformation. First, we'll address digital innovation where marketing intersects other disciplines, such as health tech, 
the EHR, and the access journey. We'll speak with leaders in telemedicine, voice, AI, and other technologies that have huge implications for marketing, but aren't necessarily considered MarTech. The other area where we'll focus is our individual career path planning. We'll follow the resilience journey of remarkable leaders and uncover the unexpected moments in their careers that we don't often hear about. We'll hear about the times when they've recovered or reinvented themselves in innovative ways. As we've been discussing all season, we're at a turning point for our industry. At the end of the year, let's look back at this moment right now and see the little things we've changed that have made a huge impact on us and on the healthcare consumers we all ultimately serve. And that's the flavor of the Week. Okay. Hey, listeners, I'm back and I'm here with Deborah Jasper. Deborah's in the house this week and I'm so excited to have her here. Deborah's the founder and CEO at Mindset Digital and she's a keynote speaker at the upcoming HCAC at Home Virtual Conference, November 16th through 18th. Along with that, she's also a part of a really cool series called Small Screen Big Impact. It's a series about how to communicate with impact visually and I'm going to give her a chance to talk about that, but I want to welcome her to the program. First and foremost, Deborah, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Now, uh, you may be the very first guest. We are almost 130 episodes into this thing. You may be the very first guest calling in from a boat. So very cool. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a great, you know, there are, there are advantages to working in a virtual world for sure. Yes, it's kind of like next level. So I, I'm just, I, I really think that's, uh, that's cool. That's a first. It's always great to have new things happening here on the program. So right there. But first and foremost, uh, give us a little bit of, of insight into uh, the program I just mentioned, Small Screen Big Impact. And this will tell listeners a little bit more about what you've got going on and, and one of the things you're like you're focusing on these days. Sure. So we're working a lot in the healthcare world right now, helping people rethink how they're breaking through the noise and communicating in this world of social distance, right? So that means a lot of, of different things. It means first, you have to think about how are you building touch points and staying connected to colleagues and even patients, because of course, we're having more meetings with patients virtually. But you also have to think about how you're presenting and leading team meetings and building rapport virtually. And then you have to think about how you're writing for action, because these days, we don't run into people in the hall in the same way. And so I, uh, a lot of colleagues are telling me my emails are getting longer, my inbox is packed, and how do I get down to something? You know, how am I communicating with clarity and impact in this world where we're all so overwhelmed? So there's a, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot that's relevant to pretty much everyone, any professional these days. I think that's what's really cool about this program. So tell us, it's, it's a series, it's, it's more than just a single presentation somewhere? So I, I developed, a, I used to do a lot of this in keynote talks and then people started calling and saying, wow, you know, we do a lot of rapid visual storytelling, which actually means that our, my keynotes, I would use, for example, 365 slides in an hour. So because our brain is wired for visuals and people love that kind of visual storytelling, it works perfect. It not only worked well live, but it really works perfectly when you take that to a small screen. So what I'm going to be doing at HCIC, for example, is leading a whole session on how you earn attention in this world where we're on Zoom meetings, we have Zoom fatigue. It's just hard to get people to tune in. So how do you create powerful openings for your Zoom meetings or for your virtual presentations? How do you structure for attention, really design for attention? And how do you, how do you walk off with powerful endings that keep people not only uh, thinking about what you said, but acting on it? 
Well, that's a key, isn't it? Not just listening, but leaving with a thought to act on it somehow. And you know what? This might be a perfect time for us to go on ahead and dive on into the rap battle because I want to dive into that part. I want to hear about what's sure. going on there. And, and let's go ahead and do that. Rap Battle! Rap Battle is where we challenge the status quo in healthcare, especially when it comes to marketing and digital engagement and the overall healthcare experience. And so those who are authoring a digital experience for a patient or a customer or a consumer of any kind is always trying to be mindful of how to communicate at the core. And may we start... Ever with how that has evolved beyond the, the basics. I think we all know, yes, uh, the world has moved to Zoom and other uh, video conferencing tools. What else that we wouldn't have expected when we first started moving fully virtual in our professional lives? Right. Well, I love that you're talking about disrupting the status quo. And, you know, one thing we know is boring didn't work, but now it really doesn't work <laughs> because you have an audience that can be tuning you out really quickly and you may not know it. And you know what happens. You're on a, a virtual team meeting and your cat walks in front of your screen or your kids are asking you a question or there's just a lot of distraction. So I've always helped healthcare organizations think about how do we reach distracted audiences. Now, if you're in marketing and you're in healthcare, you have to really think through, my audience is no longer just distracted. They are distant and they are distressed. And there's, you know, my PhD is actually in education. I wrote my dissertation on the art of powerful storytelling, micro storytelling. And a lot of it is you have to de deliver some powerful micro moments to keep people tuning in. And that's what I'll be talking about, not just at HCIC, but it's a lot of what I cover in that small screen, big impact a series. How do you get people to tune in when they're at home and there's a lot going on? Well, you know, and I don't want to give away, you know, the, the big parts of that. And so I'm excited to have you participate in both things and to kind of lead and host the series as well as being a keynote at the conference. Both things are going to be very impactful and very helpful for everybody. And so without going you know, too deep in here, I wonder if there, there's some parts we can share here just in terms of either this is mostly a, a how to do this kind of, sure, sure. of thought. Yeah, I know. And so the good news is I can't give a lot of it away because so much of it I'll be actually illustrating. So when you're thinking about leading a powerful visual presentations, you really have to show people don't do this, but do this. Right. So some of it is around reduce the text not the slides. You just can't have people peering at the screen. You know what happens. Or you put up text or you put up financial numbers. Everyone on the other side is trying to figure out what you're talking about. So we show you how to deliver those kinds of financial presentations or board presentations or team presentations just with more impact in ways that people can immediately get your key points. And then beyond presentations, so there's a lot we're doing on that front. You know, part of the small screen big impact series, and Jared, I heard you talking um, on another podcast about just how many people in this crisis are thinking about what's their next. You know, how am I connecting with people? How am I finding what I want to do next? Or how am I connecting with the people that I, the influencers that I need to stay close to? We also do a whole session on how healthcare, uh, healthcare professionals are leveraging LinkedIn. So in our organization, for example, we do LinkedIn makeovers for physicians <laughs> and we take them to five-star profiles, especially those influencer physicians where people are looking them up before they decide whether they want to go see them. 
and often their LinkedIn profile comes up first, but also CMOs, C-suite executives, administrators in hospitals, who doesn't need to have a fully optimized profile in this world where we're not meeting face-to-face as much. So before I take a call with you or before I talk with you, I'm probably going to look you up online. So that's another big part of what we're doing. Let's dive into LinkedIn for a second, because that is definitely a place where, you know, I, I for one, have spent a lot of time sharing and posting content and, and engaging with a lot of other folks there. Uh, I've enjoyed that a lot. I have seen, and it's something that's just recent, I have seen very clearly a higher volume of content, which I think is great. At the same time, I'm wondering, at some point, it'll be like every other social network where mm-hmm. there there's a declining amount of organic reach on posts, which is even more reason to have a profile, in, in my mind, even more reason to have your profile, your basics, all covered and, and very clear and very up to date. What are you seeing in terms of how, sure. uh, how they're looking before a makeover? Yeah. So here's what's really funny. People go to LinkedIn and they think, oh, it's just a resume. It's not. That is a big mistake. So the biggest mistake people make is they make it too resume-like. And if your LinkedIn profile right now starts with anywhere near, I've been in the healthcare industry for 25 years, or you know, I have been a chief marketing officer for 15 years, you, know, you can't start with the history. We all know that in a distracted world, people are skimming and they're scanning your content. And you have to start with not what you do for a living, but what you love about what you do. And what I love about healthcare is it's so mission-driven that everyone has to think about their profile as not what's in it for me, but what's in it for the people that work with me. So you, you want your profile to start with what you love about the work that you're doing and then really get delved more deeply into the powerful story of you. So it's not just about your credibility, which is more resume-like. It's much more about your relatability and your likability. So we've been doing makeovers for CEOs at hospitals, for you know a lot of C-suite executives, but also for, again, those influencer physicians or influencer administrators or fundraisers in hospitals that have to stay close now to the community in a way that, you know, it's not as easy to call up and say, let's go have lunch. So that's been a big challenge for, especially for the fundraisers and and others that really do have to stay connected to people. Great, great. Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon.
what are the other basics, you know, the foundations of, sure. of how you're represented digitally? Sure. So beyond, I think when we do this small screen, big impact series, we think about the small screen in three ways. First, how are you staying close to people in a world of social distance? And you figure out your audience, but it means you have to have a fully optimized online presence that makes a great first impression. And then, as you said, you can't just be posting a lot of, of boring stuff that, that no one's reading. You know, you really have to have a very strong engagement strategy that leverages your first and second degree connections. The second part of this is right for action. And I'm very passionate about this because of my other life uh, before I, I used to uh, teach at Ohio State. And before that, I was a journalist and I recognize that so much writing is not clear, especially in healthcare. You know, communication errors are a big issue in healthcare because in part in healthcare, people talk in their tribal language. So there is a lot of jargon. And often we work with hospitals that are sending out news releases written at the 20th grade level. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and people are just not tuning into that. So we have a whole program around how do you get to short organized and skimmable. We call it SOS, you know, save your time, save your days, save your emails. And then to your point, we talk about ARC, you've got to get the clear calls to action, clear recommendations and clear context. So the second part of communicating virtually is knowing how to write with clarity and impact. And then that third part is presentations. Are you feeling like your inbox? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm totally overwhelmed by my inbox. I avoid it whenever possible. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I just, but I know I can't, but no, right. that, that used to be the ground zero for, uh, for daily tasks and for projects and, and for communication. And now it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, what, what do it's I It's getting do? worse, right? I was talking to a healthcare executive the other day and she said, Deborah, people, you know, I used to be able to, I saw people during the day. And so we could talk through complexity. You know, what uh, we're working on a project, we could talk through that. And now people are just sending me these long, meandering emails, and I'm not even sure what they're asking me to do. So I had a friend who said, you, you know, I tell people, you don't have time to write War and Peace, and I don't have time to read it. <laughs> and I think that is absolutely true now. So uh, we've got to save time. We have got to get to what's most essential to share because none of, you know, we're, I say we're in triage. You know, we are just, we call up our email, figure out we can delete without opening it. So that's a big, important part of communicating virtually is knowing how to do that clearly. So true. And I think, so you're, you're talking to somebody who, who's been a former web developer and content creator. Because I've been creating websites in one form or another for 20 years. And I have immense respect and empathy for today's web developers and, and content creators and editors because everything has just accelerated to the nth degree. Meaning back in the day, we were aware of, and maybe it was just the way I was trained, but you had to know that everyone wasn't consuming the content that you were putting together in the same way. And it was very clearly a visual, there was a visual piece to it because mm -hmm. you knew that people weren't all looking at it on the same size of monitor, on the same device. And so you had to take that into account and you had to look at yes. it in through yeah. so many different ways. And there were, there were complete, there was, there were software tools to help simulate how it would look on every, right. every device and every type of screen. And in the same way, you knew the text, the content was being consumed. Some were skimming it, like you mentioned, some were skimming it, some were reading it, but only after they had probably skimmed it and realized this was the relevant thing that they were looking for. Yes. But, so I, you know, yeah, kind of no, I love what you're time. saying about mobile. I think that is so smart. <laughs> 
Because you're so right. Tech tools, they show you what it looks like, but we're not doing that with email. So we are not thinking, well, how long would this email be if, if my colleague is reading this on, my, on a phone, <laughs> right? And so we say, look, you, in the old days, you had to learn how to talk on the phone, you know, how to have professional early days, you're early in your career, how to have lead good conversations on a phone. Now you have to learn how to write for a phone in the same way that you're saying you had to design for a phone. I think that's so true, Jared. It's really smart. Well, and it's, you know, it's just thinking of those same principles applying to other communications, to email and to even coming back to a Zoom meeting or a virtual presentation. It's thinking the same thing. Some people are going to be engaged, but in a very different way. Some people are going to Mm -hmm. take about a second and a half and they're out, no matter what's up on the screen or no matter what's Mm -hmm. in front of them. And that's always, maybe that really was a benefit of, of creating content for the web for so long is that I'm hyper aware of yes. how quickly somebody's jumping and the fact that not everyone's engaging it in the same way. And it's funny how we would manifest in a conversation with someone when they were inspecting a page or when they were looking at it or reviewing it or approving something. And they're like, what about this and this and this? And I'm like, all right, wait, what browser are you looking at? What device are you looking at it on? Can you send me a screenshot? Yes. Because that's not what I see. Right. And so to even recognize that, it, it just opened me up to a lot of differences in how we consume content. And, and I think that's, that's a, it's a classic mistake. And it's, it's just something we don't even realize necessarily. It's, it's, it's just a cognitive bias that we right. think people are engaging with it the same way we are. Well, and you were talking, you know, this whole podcast is about disrupting the way that we've done business in the past. And one of the things that I think that this new era that we're in is disrupting is, you know, we could get, in the old days, it didn't work great, but you could get away with it. You know, you could write too long or you could present a lot of text or there's a lot of things that you could do that people were just patient and somehow, you know, they were in the room and and they give you a pass. You're not going to get a pass anymore. So now if you aren't really communicating on a small screen in a different way, people really will tune you out because they have too much coming at them. Uh, I'm also presenting at HCIC. I'm doing a session with Sue Jablonski, who's the chief marketing officer at Ohio Health. And she's been doing a lot of innovative work. We worked with them last year on their leadership event, and they really adopted what I call rapid visual storytelling for their leadership event, where their, you know, their presentations were a lot more visual. Things were moving on the screen a lot faster. The brain is wired. You know, we don't watch TV, if you think about it. You don't turn on the TV and have a single slide and people talking for five minutes. You know, it just isn't how, uh, it isn't how we're wired to think about small screens. And so if you take some of that work and say, okay, now we're really going to have to step it up when we think about our team meetings, when we think about our leadership, our virtual leadership events, all of that is going to have to change if we have any hope that we're getting people to engage with us. So I always say to inform people, you must first engage them. And that means absolutely redesigning how you connect with them, whether that's on LinkedIn or, you know, whether that's through email and then how you showcase information, especially if you're doing it these days with your team virtually or even with patients, because of course there's a lot of virtual doctor's visits now. And that means really rethinking how those happen effectively as well. And there hasn't been training in this. And so there's going to have to be a lot more education around communicating, connecting, and competing in a virtual world. I love that you mentioned virtual visits as part of this because there is absolutely a digital user experience going on there. And it is so 
either highly engaging or disengaging and it happens so quickly, but there's got to be thought to, to that part of it, of how things look on the screen. Those are the types of differentiators that, that go even beyond communication. It, it's, but all the same principles apply and, and those yes. are going to be differentiators for health systems moving forward, in my opinion. Oh, think about virtually, right? There's a lot that has to go into this. I mean, one of the things I'm going to be talking about at HCIC is what's the right virtual background? Because we're judging you (laughs) based on the background, right? You know, and then how do you deliver virtually with impact and clarity? And, you know, that's what I'm saying when you're thinking about just, uh, we know that it is harder to read basically facial expressions on a small screen and you don't have the same ability to see body movements. You know, so people are sort of doing exaggerated hand movements now (laughs) so that you can see them. So there's a lot that is happening in this space that we're going to have to spend more time thinking through. The questions I'm getting now about backgrounds and that kind of thing, you know, should I do a, a fake background, for example? Those kinds of questions are just really intriguing. And there's a lot of new questions coming up that we've never had to address before. No, oh, so true. So true. So, I mean, what that leads to is that we just really haven't had best practices established for this much happening so quickly. Mm-hmm. Basic principles, sure, you know, things that we've carried over from less visually engaging experiences and presentation styles. But these best practices are going to happen and form really quickly, meaning our expectations for what happens in a visual presentation or a a communication of any kind are changing just as fast as everything that we're communicating Mm -hmm. to our patients. So what I was going to say, one of the big mistakes I think people are going to make is they're going to think that, oh, well, we just need a little bit of training in this. (laughs) And we say, you know, a 45 minute webinar does not a virtual communicator make. (laughs) So part of it is when we think about LinkedIn, we do, yes, we do LinkedIn makeovers where we do all the heavy lifting for people. On my team, I have a um, team of writers and, you know, former journalists who interview you and write the whole thing and add your SEO and help you with your visual assets and all of that. But then after that, we have a five-week coaching program to just help people think about how to do it effectively because it's sophisticated. Or the SOS program, we do full online training programs and how to write with clarity because that is not easy. And a lot of people really struggle with it. So you have to give people a lot of examples and you really have to show them this works and this doesn't and here's why and here's how to make, you've got a lot of complex information, here's how to break it down. Those are new skill sets. And then presentations, I'm doing master classes in it because people are not used to presenting on a small screen and it's harder too because you don't get that audience feedback you get when you're meeting with people live. You know, people miss that because you can't really tell, I don't know, are people laughing? Are they engaged with this? Are they... It's hard after you give a a webinar. Sometimes you sort of feel like, is anyone out there? So it's super hard to, you have to really up your energy because you're not getting energy back from the crowd. So this takes, it's a lot of thought and uh, a lot of, of investment, but the payoff is huge because, you know, when you're a powerful virtual communicator, you've increased your visibility. People are paying much more attention to you. People get excited about coming to your talks. I mean, it's a, it can be a game changer, I think, not only for you, you personally, but for, for how you're informing people. Such a good point. Such a good point. Well, I can tell very clearly how, like how engaging the, the keynote is going to be. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Kind of as we wrap up here, anything else that you're seeing people doing well in their visual communications that you're excited about, things that you've learned, uh, things that, you, uh, that you're particularly honing in on saying, 
man, that's a really cool thing that person just did. Uh, hopefully more people do that. I will go back to my example at Ohio Health, which we will be talking about at HCIC, but I was on the phone with Sue the other day and she did some really fun, you know, they usually do a company picnic at their hospital with her team. And of course you couldn't do it this year. So they did a virtual picnic, which I just love. And they had people share recipes and they created a recipe book and then they, everybody got to pick, you know, make other people's recipes, which was, it was great. And then she, I will just tell you that at the end, she came in as a virtual movie character and I, I will not give any more than that away, but we're going to be showing that and the team loved it. And it was super creative and really fun and people really responded. And I think that's the kind of creativity as a leader in a healthcare organization, people are going to have to think through how to adopt because otherwise you're, it's, you know, the bar is higher for building community and build, how do you build morale and how do you build culture and do all of those things virtually? That's going to be a huge challenge and there's going to be a lot of sharing of best practices, but there are definitely people doing some very cool stuff. Well, that's encouraging. And I love that thought. I, I know as we all deal with with new things that we didn't think we'd be dealing with this year on top of the pandemic, things like Zoom fatigue, which <laughs> wasn't a thing, at least to my knowledge, prior to this year. But we're dealing with, with new experiences and sensations here and, and, and trends and, and things that we're feeling and, and figuring out. But we're doing it all together. We're all figuring out what this means for visual communications together. And so, Deborah, I thank you for giving me a few minutes today and can't wait to hear more and, and experience uh, your session at HCIC at home. As a reminder, that's that's the virtual conference that's happening November 16th through 18th. And uh, so excited to have you there, Deborah. Thanks yeah. for giving us a few minutes today. And Jared, I will say, if anyone wants to find out more, they can uh, link into me, <laughs> of course, at Deborah Jasper on LinkedIn. So I would love to have people link in and tell me their thoughts, if they're doing some cool things, cool virtual meetings, any of that. I'm always looking for great examples to showcase. Or they can drop me an email, of course, at jasper at mindsetdigital.com. And if they want to find out more information about our, our other programs, I'd be happy to uh, let them know. We have you know, the Power Network Habit program at powernetworkhabit.com or the SOS Right for Action program at soshabit.com. So there's a lot. You know, If people want coaching or they want to do deeper dives, please reach out. I'd love to hear what other people are doing in the healthcare space right now. Thanks for sharing. And I really did not mean to fail to mention one really cool thing about having you here, Deborah, is that it's just a delight to have you on the program uh, because you were recently named one of the, because you were named one of the top 12 female winning women entrepreneurs by Ernst, Ernst & Young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that just says a lot. And I just love what it, what it says about how things are moving and evolving in, in my opinion, in very much the right direction. I know we need more female entrepreneurs out there. You know, it's really uh, cool to be a female business owner and to really encourage other women to uh, take an entrepreneurial approach to the, the work that they're doing. Whether they're working in uh, healthcare or whatever field they're working in, we can all be more entrepreneurial for sure. Fantastic. Thanks for giving me a few minutes, Deborah, and all the best to you. Thanks, Jared. Thanks to Deborah, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to be a part of the Marketing Forward movement. Folks, you're a part of this. Listen, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. Like I said, we have 25 podcasts and video series all about shifting the way healthcare is experienced. So on behalf of Deborah and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. 